Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. Every free citizen in the world is a citizen of Berlin. And today I say, ich bin ein Berliner Weiss. Today we are all about Berliner Weiss. We are going to dive into this topic and talk all about this tart style. We even have a special brew just for this episode. So come in and have a drink. Have a drink, the show where you learn along with us about what you drink. I'm Brittany Walker. I'm Justin Fraser. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. So, everybody, um, wait. Why are you not on a computer screen? <laughs> Why are you in my house? Oh, I better go. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, what we've been up to is we've been recording all in Meatspace all day. Uh, patrons have. Some things to look forward to in the future. We'll go ahead and say that. Yes, yeah, there's been some, some preparatory recording. Uh, and I yes. have some editing to look forward to, <laughs> which means a lot of Hearthstone on my end. Uh, <laughs> I always look on the bright side. Yeah. <laughs> so outside of that, anyone been in, up to anything fun? Drinking? Drinking uh, fun things? <laughs> drinking fun things. Uh, will still not count? No, NyQuil <laughs> counts. Oh, okay. Because it's fun. Like, last night was my first night without it. So... <laughs> Is uh, glad you've decided to quit. Have you been doing what, what kind do you do? The green or the red? Uh, I've done the red before and it felt wrong. <laughs> you uh, should only do green. Yeah. Yeah. Both are horrible. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If you've yeah, you're not thinking about that though. Like, I just want to not cough myself awake. Can we use it as a syrup flavoring for the Berliner Weiss? <sighs> I think you Sick. technically could. <laughs> we need to add that to the show list. Nyquil. Yeah, it's definitely a drink. That syrup. So, do we want to move into updates? Yeah, since mostly all we've been doing is uh, drinking, drinking uh, today. <laughs> Recording. We've shows. had some. We've ha- we've had some real fun Patreon episodes. I, I will say that. Mm-hmm. Very interesting ones. Yeah, the blind tastings are are very interesting. I would highly. All oh, the games. Yeah. So fun. So fun. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, if we're gonna roll right in, uh, we have got a movie draft minute, um, specifically made for the weekend. It seems. Thank you, Big Voice Jay. Yeah, because Big Voice Jay is awesome. Welcome to your B-Team Movie Draft Minute presented by DiamondClub.tv for the week of May 28th, 2018. I'm your host, Big Voice Jay. I've got one word to describe these next few weeks. Shorts. You're welcome, America. Let's go to the scoreboard. 
Team The Vod Squad is in last place, still waiting for their first film. Team Walking Drunk is in fifth place with $44 million. Team Movie Party's in fourth place, thanks to Solo, A Star Wars Story, winning the weekend and bringing their total to $269.2 million. Team Ritual Miseries in third place with $361.3 million. Team Game Night is in second place with $373.8 million. And continuing the reign above all, each team have a drink with $713.4 million. That's your movie draft minute. All totals are accurate as of Saturday, June 2nd, 2018. I didn't expect it to actually go up more. <laughs> we are still double the next closest competitor. <laughs> we were waiting on Solo to like knock us out of there. And, and well, there not knock us out, but like do something to, to, to do a big, sizable leap. And there's still a lot of summer left. Mm-hmm. And a lot of movies well, left. Well, I'm st- I- I'm still thinking Incredibles two is going to do it. That's that's going to be the the who big... has Incredibles two though. Uh, the same, same people team. that has Solo. Solo yeah, uh, it's not Vod Squad. It's uh, Movie Party. Movie Party. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, if anybody's going to win, it might as well be a group <laughs> called Movie Party, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big so, Wish Day says Solo didn't affect us. No. Apparently not. On the least. <laughs> I was afraid it might, but then it tracked just how Disney said that it was going to flop. It doesn't look great. It's, it's <laughs> I've heard like flop. I don't think it's a flop by other standards, but by <laughs> Star Wars standards. It, right. Yeah. Well, and and um, I haven't heard a lot of reviews, but like on on TMS, but both Brian and Scott saw it, and they're just like, "That's good. That's good. <laughs> just like it's fine." Where yeah. where's it rank on the merit scale? Do we know? I don't. Yeah, I haven't. I don't know if Tom saw it yet since he just got back from Australia. Okay. So I don't know if you see the Australian version of it. Then <laughs> was it dubbed for Australians? He time traveled and got yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. I'd like to know his his uh, you know weird scaling of it. Boy, crock it, Joey. Joey just growls. Day, mate. Wow. Okay. I think we need to start dubbing things for Australia because, you know, they won't find that offensive at all. No. Never. Never. All right. Okay, so uh, we want to let everybody know our next episode is going to be Saturday, June 9th, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, and that will be covering the brewery Firestone Walker. Um, so that one we're hoping is going to be interesting. <laughs> um, we, we haven't researched it yet, so who knows? We, we, we saw a couple things. The uh, initial like, glances are promising. Yeah. Uh, and we know that we like a lot of their stuff. Um, so that's that's not a problem. <laughs> Whenever we can get a hold of it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks mostly to Nick. <laughs> our that's patron, we, Nick. <laughs> thanks to our patron, Slash Mule, <laughs> Nick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Smuggles us. Smuggles us Firestone Walker. Mm. Yeah. At a, maybe at a particular event that may have been in Utah. Um <laughs> Uh, so, I, a non-important episode, or, uh, announcement. Just wanted to remind everybody that I'm doing my own pregnancy stream. <laughs> Very important announcement. <laughs> uh, it's live every Wednesday. I totally recorded or streamed early last week because I, I don't, I don't know. I don't have patience. Um, but so it's live every Wednesday, somewhere between six and six thirty p.m. Eastern, uh, and that's on Twitch.tv slash Spiced and Hoppy. Um, and uh, I for- I didn't get a chance to get the um, the podcast part of it up for last week, but um, I'm going to be doing that this weekend, and then uh, you know hopefully get the other one up 
very soon after the stream itself. And uh, the, <laughs> so, so more editing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but thankfully, my show is like twenty minutes, <laughs> so it's not not as bad. But like uh, the big thing that we're waiting on right now is the blood results um, to tell us the gender of the baby and uh, any chromosomal issues. So Good. that's exciting. And it's thirst for human blood. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Obviously. Um, and other than that, I think it's uh, we've got a news story to get into. Mm. All right, so our beloved Boston Beer Company uh, is having to pay the state of New York nearly one million dollars <laughs> over over a labeling violation. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. So Boston Beer Company, the maker of Sam Adams and other popular alcohol brands, has agreed to pay New York nearly one million dollars to settle charges that it failed to register its product labels with the state. Officials said Thursday, uh, the New York State Liquor Authority, or SLA, said it notified Boston Beer in February of 2016 (laughs) that its distribution subsidiary in the state had received uh, a required label approval for just one product, Summer Blueberry Twisted Tea. Alcohol makers or their distributors are typically required to have the labels of their products approved by local authorities to help track sales or recalls and keep counterfeiters or knockoffs from the market. Well, we were really worried about Summer Blueberry Twisted Tea being counterfeited. Exactly. Oh, yeah. that, I mean, that if it was if something from Sam Adams that was going to be counterfeited, it was going to be that. So the SLA said the, the company promised to remedy the problems, but did not. Prompting an investigation that found Boston Beer had sold 1.4 million dollars or 1.4 million cases of beverages, including Angry Orchard and Sam Adams products, in New York without submitting its labels for approval. Mm. <laughs> you know, Kinda. it's not that you can't even say like, "Well, they didn't see it coming." They had literally two years of warning. <laughs> I love the SLA's uh, spokesperson saying it's a little bit odd to us, <laughs> especially when you're told. Yeah, it had been pointed out to them. They could have got, they could, oh, submitted all these labels and avoided having to pay I like anything. To imagine, I like to imagine a clerk hand-delivered, like s- someone at St. Adams hand-delivered this to them. They went, here you go. There's our things for approval. See you later. Sir, this is just one. <laughs> yeah. Did you lose the rest? <laughs> so uh, the SLA, uh, in another quote, uh, they said they were working on it, and we just never heard back from them. <laughs> That's amazing. The company has agreed to pay $975,000 to settle the case. Uh, in a statement, Boston Beer said it discovered a clerical error. That's <laughs> that an resulted, expensive clerical error. That resulted That's in the company to it, yeah. failing to register some products with the SLA. Apparently all but one. <laughs> That's, if it had been that one, been the full million. Uh, they said they worked with the agency to renew the lapsed registrations and were recently made aware of the final settlement. So... <laughs> that's... That's nuts. I, yeah. <laughs> it's sad because I'm looking at the um, the SLA's website on New York, and I'm looking through their FAQ to see exactly what questions you know people are asking. And, and there's literally a question on here that says, if other companies aren't registering their labels, why do I have to? And the answer is, other companies may not be in compliance with the law. <laughs> <laughs> nice. that's, that's like the answer I give to somebody at work. 
It's... Why are you doing this night? Some other people may not be following the law. <laughs> <laughs> that that kind of strikes me as this may not be a very commonly prosecuted issue. So if if they have to put that in their FAQ, this may be something that Sam Adams just rolled the dice and said, we What if, what just, if we just don't have to worry about it? Yeah. <laughs> let's just let it go. And maybe whatever they're paying for their i don't know how many brands sam adams is bringing into the state but if it's two hundred dollars per brand then you're looking at a hundred brands twenty thousand dollars roll the dice yeah and i don't know if it's a yearly thing or every time you you change the label look maybe um if you have any label on you got to submit it so yeah that's i can see how that would stack up and and they got away with it for a few years so still it's uh yeah like it just seems such an easy thing to not have to well like you, it's the cost of doing business you pay one salary to for a person to just make sure that in new york all your labels are approved yeah and you, you hire somebody that's got a decent law degree and they do it and then that's it yeah i don't know i it it's just a huge payout for something. Well, it's not a huge cut to their bottom line, I guess. But a million dollars is a million dollars. I'm wondering, I wish this article had a little bit more in it about why they got to that million dollar figure. Um, yeah, because they, they, it was more than a million cases. Yeah, so what's the, is it per brand you have $10,000 that you get fined? Or, and they've got 100 brands or something like that. And yeah. so, um, well, and it's actually technically, because they, they, they settled because it's not like the yeah, that's true. Maybe that's why it's not written in here because it was just a settlement. settlement to just say, all right, essentially them going, our bad. Here's a big bag of money. Well, <laughs> usually though, the federal government doesn't. They don't care. I mean, you're going to pay us one way or the other. We're paying somebody to be on and, and sue you for it, or yeah. so take you to court. So they're going to get their money. Well, not federal. This has been New York State government. I guess that's true. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know where they're in two different where the headquarters is in Massachusetts. It may uh, become a federal case. The state versus yeah, it's yeah, cross, it's cross, cross state lines. lines. Yeah. Um, this article comes from the Boston Globe, which is kind of funny because the Boston Globe commenters are talking about how uh, it's no longer a hometown brand. It's brewed in Cincinnati, and I'm thinking <laughs> it was always brewed in Cincinnati. We're okay with this. <laughs> uh, FYI, Boston beer uh, brewed in Cincinnati has been since the beginning because Jim Cook. Grew up in... He's from Cincinnati. He's not from Boston. Yeah. He just set up a brand there. It is Boston Beer Company. (laughs) (laughs) And their head brewers are still there. So that is something, I guess. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I guess we can move on to, to Untapped. Yeah, the, the brief Untapped stuff that we yeah, have. Yeah, not a lot of Riggity, All right. Well, uh... I'm so I, sorry about the. <laughs> you know umlauts are my weakness. I don't even know what that accent yeah, is over that second O. That is not um, an umlaut. Just go with the hashtag. So adopt. we've got yeah. hashtag adopt Iceland. Oh, adopt Iceland. <laughs> uh, it's a problem with hashtags. They're they're all one. Yeah. One word. Einstok Oligero. Oligero. Sure. Right. Uh, Iceland's number one craft beer company invites all football fans, soccer to those in the States, uh, without a team to hashtag adopt Iceland. 
After vanquishing numerous teams in the, uh, from lands far and wide, Iceland has qualified for their inaugural place in this year's World Cup. You know what? I do need a team to root for this World Cup. If there's no USA... Why not Iceland? Why not Iceland? Yeah. Is Ireland in there? I feel like I should... I mean, why not Iceland? Why not Iceland? Uh, I can and root plus, for more than one team. That badge looks awesome. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, uh, to honor this team's tremendous feat, uh, stop with their name. Einstuck? Uh, I, you know, I don't know. Einstuck uh, has created a special edition white ale bottle. Commemora- uh, commemorative merchandise and are planning on planning watch parties worldwide. Iceland... Uh, while Iceland may seem like a remote country in the middle of nowhere, the ocean is kind of nowhere. <laughs> uh, Einstock uh, re- prefers to think of it as a country in the middle of everywhere. There you go. That's <laughs> that's some positive thinking. That's some silver lining stuff right there. Uh, their bandwagon is big enough for all, and their beer supply is abundant. Join with Vikings around the world to celebrate Iceland's first World Cup. Do so, and you'll be rewarded. Uh, check into one uh, beer from Einstock between June first and July first, and you'll unlock a, the new hashtag Adopt Iceland badge. How am I going to find something from <laughs> you're there? Not. So, you're not. So you have a month to find it, though. <laughs> that last uh, what we thought was an O is in the capital form a D with a line through it, and makes the sound th. What the actual hell? (laughs) So, (laughs) Oglerth. All right. Um, Yeah, that's still could be fun. I I forgot. Like he mentioned, World Cup. I was like, oh yeah, that is coming round. I forgot. U.S. got knocked out because we suck. Because we we shouldn't soccer. We should. (laughs) We should just be better at it than. than We we should just FC Cincy. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, uh, I guess we've got a topic to get to today. Let's yes, do it. Indeed, we do. Been up that truck. Seeking bastards. Been up that truck. Been up that truck. Been up that truck. To have been drinking most of the day, You're we are not. not. Yeah. yeah. Could be worse. Because uh, we've been eating a lot of sausages. Well, we've been doing like a sampling and then taking two hours off, and then sampling and then another two hours yeah. off, which is which is a good way it's to do it. It's been a safe day. <laughs> As opposed to the last time we did something like this, where it was like, I'm all right, sorry. we've got like an hour between each one, and we're drinking big pours of huge beers. I, again, I am sorry for New Year's. Uh, it was a, a fun event. Um Usually, whenever we put together these these docs, we try to get multiple sources and uh, and multiple kind of points of view. But um, we do want to say thanks to All About Beer magazine and their author uh, Keith Klimp, uh, because the majority of today's story actually comes from his write up on the history and the style, which was very well produced and quite inclusive of everything. So it kind of ended up being most, if not all, word for word, pretty much from from his article. So we just wanted to say thank you because we don't want to take Take that information without giving a tri- attribution. So. Yeah, and speaking of all about beer, uh, the kind of bad news about all about beer coming out today—they are they, they uh, canceling their paper publication, so you will only be able to get anything from all about beer via the web. You know, forward print is dead. It is. It uh, is. Unless also, it's those those high ends. Hello, Mbeam. <laughs> I just look over and just see. Looks like a party. It has been <laughs> popping bottles in the ice. 
in the ice book. <laughs> All right. Um, pass me over that Berliner Weiss. Oh, yeah. Speaking uh, of Berliner Weisses. I mean, we've got, we've got Berliner Weisses to go around today. So let's start uh, by talking. Let's, let's get into the topic anyway. Uh, in recent years, there's been a particular fondness for brews with extreme qualities. Extreme! <laughs> that wasn't planned. Uh, <laughs> it never is. <laughs> intense hoppiness, rugged roasted flavors, wild funkiness, and alcoholic potency all fit the bill. Uh, sour flavors have most recently become a desired uh, affection. Uh, Berliner Weiss features a rustic lactic sourness uh, as its keynote and is supplementary fermentation resulting in an effervescent bone-dry beer, placing them amongst the most refreshing beverages, beer or otherwise. Rare even in Berlin. The general, uh, in recent general uh, delight in sour beers has put them on our collective radar. Daring American brewers are dabbling in Berliner Weiss. Uh, nouveau German artisans are reinventing it, and traditional brewers of the style are holding firm. Uh, they couldn't. Uh, they couldn't be more different from the spicy and textured Hefeweiss beer of Bavaria. Oh, pardon. Ah, oh, peppers. I'll give you the burps. Uh, instead, uh, they emanate from the swath of uh, northern and central Europe, where Tom fermented and wild influence uh, was preferred, home to uh, beery rascals of Lambic, Flanders Red and Brown, Gosa and Wittbeer. As Berliner Weiss uh, is in- investigated in today's brewers, it has become something of an interpretive beer, often more in line with its older roots, uh, curiosity ripe for further exploration. Uh, being with wheat as uh, ancient as beer itself, and barley has failed to displace it entirely. Uh, brewing with wheat, sorry. Uh, brewing with wheat. Uh, let's see. Wheat cultivation is widespread in Europe in the Middle Ages, and many regional brewers uh, uh, using it for their indigenous beers. Many of these old styles became extinct, uh, but many are preserved. I kind of wonder if there's an endangered style. Plenty. Oh, there are plenty. I, know, I know, but I just like the idea of. The, I don't like it, but so that was. It's uh, a funny idea. Yeah, when we did the um, Nordic and Scandinavian beers, oh, yeah, there are ton, there are dozens and dozens of super because of how brewing was in those regions. <laughs> it was literally there were styles that were only available from one person's farm. Yeah, and there is like some of those farms are still going brewing. And you can, that's the only place you can get that beer. Well, and, and you can think of styles that have become endangered and have been taken off the endangered styles list. Right. Because you have the California Common, the Steam the Beer. The Common. The Kentucky Common used to be very widely brewed in Kentucky. And, and it's still it teetering, went, I think. It went down to basically one brewer that was doing it, maybe against the grain or somebody like that was doing a Kentucky Common. And they're not even doing a traditional against the grains not doing it there's they a, do a, there's, uh, a, there's another louisville brewery yeah. that's doing it yeah because against the grain does a sour uh but yeah uh it and so know. in in the bjcp guidelines you actually find a section in there called historical beers yeah that okay. is that's sort your... of the endangered beers that are they're trying to revamp and okay. revitalize but yep uh, most of them are changing more than anything else into bigger bolder versions of styles kind of similar to u.s styles anyway as many of these old styles became extinct but many were preserved as demonstrated by the vast assortment of beers that still feature raw or malted wheat often these uh or these were or are influenced by wild yeast and bacteria some brewers uh 
wisely opted to leave well enough alone in this respect, while others were intent on purging their beers of mischievous bugs. Uh, by careful selection of inoculating uh, slurry or fermenting conditions. Uh, Berlin uh, began its life as a brewing city in 1572 and in 1642 as a wheat beer brewing city, making beers undoubtedly influenced by the uh, ubiquitous and inescapable lactobacillus and bretomyces organisms. Wow, we've gotten really good at saying those over the years. (laughs) You have to say them a lot. (laughs) Uh, Berlin, now en route to becoming a brewing mecca uh, that it would be in the 19th century, was ready to sophistic- uh, stylistically uh, refine its distinctive homegrown beer. This begs the query, what led to the development of the style? Some implicate Huguenots. I, was, I, I see the next line. Yeah, I know who the Huguenots are. <laughs> uh, reformed French Protestants who ca- uh, came to uh, Germany to escape Catholic hostility. Uh, For me, I was thinking Huguenots were like some Viking off branch. Nope, Mm-mm. nope. Mm-hmm. They're they're French Protestants. It's I have weird, an accounting degree, it's so. A weird term. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I, they sound like selling people. To one me. of them. <laughs> uh, start talking about the War of the Three Henrys, but um, just contain yourself, Bob. Uh, Anyway, while scurrying across northern Europe, they encountered numerous regional brews, including those of France, Flanders, Brussels, and the Rhineland. Uh, These regions have given us an assortment of top-fermented modern brews, uh, some of which were heavily influenced by wild bugs uh, uh, and often contained wheat. A more precise theory points to Kordbrohan. I'm going to guess that's right. Uh, An accomplished brewer who honed his craft in Hamburg and Hanover. Uh, his eponymous, uh, eponymous, uh, his best known named uh, Brunn style became the most widely distributed uh, type in northern Germany during the 16th and 17th century. Uh, pale and uh, re- uh, relatively pale and low gravity, the popular Brunn uh, found a, uh, found a home among uh, opportunistic brewers in Berlin, one of the most vibrant and cosmopolitan cities in, uh, in Europe. So Berlin became the preeminent brewing city in the continental Europe by the 19th century. Berliner brewers did exercise a bit of individuality with their ingenious brew, and a single brewery may have put out several versions varying the hop levels, uh, strength, and grain ratios. It was common for brewers to make strong stock beer and dilute it with water to the inclination of the patron. See, I don't, uh, that's a practice I would not be behind. <laughs> Person, yeah. Those people are monsters. <laughs> you get, you're, you're starting to pick this up a little bit with some of your IPAs, actually. They don't yeah. do it after the fact, but they do it as it's coming off. They'll, they'll take the the runnings a little bit lower to water it down even more. And, and some people are actually adding water to the kettle before it's even brewed. Hmm. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Lowers the maltiness, but you get to keep the same um, same hoppiness, basically, if you do it in the kettle. Ugh. It may have been uh, the signature thread of tartness preeminating the Berliner Weiss style that is set apart from other German brews. As the template was developed, unusual and archaic procedures were followed in spite of the progressive brewing that enveloped most of Europe. Wart was often not boiled. <laughs> Though some... Uh, <laughs> Though some uh, I can decocted. Never, decocted, thank you, 
We were on, uh, I was on Cincy Brewcast, and the, the, we were just talking about decoc- decoctation for a while. <laughs> decoction mashing, yes. yeah. Uh, so, uh, decoction. <laughs> and mash, uh, hopping was employed as a filtering aid and to fully extract the preservative qualities. Uh, typically between two and five pounds of wheat was mashed for every pound of barley. As brewers elsewhere were moving towards bottom fermentation and single-strain fermentation, uh, Berliner Braumeisters stayed true to their style. It was simply another regional speciality that may have been more at home in Belgium. In fact, Berliner Weiss was sometimes re-energized with a dose of young, rambunctious beer, <laughs> much as a goose <laughs> is, <A> goose. <laughs> is made uh, by blending old and young Lambic. Berliner Weiss suffered the same fate as many regional beers during the latter half of the 19th century. Muscled aside by the invasion of pale lagers, with, uh, it withstood the storm long enough to find port in the rapidly developing uh, disciplines of fermentation science and microbiology to maintain their identity. <laughs> you know, cleanliness. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to hide somewhere. Hide behind a, a nicely cleaned curtain. For a moment there, when we said port, I went, wait, they started making port instead of... Oh. <laughs> Berliner Weiss was not spontaneously fermented, but inoculated instead by the brewer, and identifying the organisms that uh, organisms and conditions responsible was paramount to properly uh, perpetuate. <laughs> properly perpetrating? <laughs> I can't talk right now. This is way too much. Perpetuating. perpetuating. Oh, I did it again! Perpetuating. Perpetuating. <laughs> Maybe it's easier if I don't Again, try to drink Again, there's been a lot of drinking it. today, guys. It's, you know. Uh, the style. Biochemist Max Delbrook. <laughs> yes, the exact one that was mentioned in Young Frankenstein. While working at the Institute for Brewing in Berlin between 1932 and 1937, isolated the potent souring bacterial strain uh, crucial to the style. It was dubbed Lactobacillus Delbrook. Or Delbrookii. Delbrookii. A common contributor also to Lambic Goose, uh, Flemish Sours, and North American Wilds. <laughs> oh, the North American Wilds. There you'll find various forms of stag and... <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> Alright, uh, Berliner Weiss has not seen quite the same revival that many other older beer types have uh, uh, of late. But uh, it's still in a happier place than a generation ago. There are now several brewers in Germany making Berliner Weiss, three in Berlin, uh, some of which are a bit outside the modern stylistic norm, and more like older versions. Most are brewed and fermented in traditional fashion, with parameters and methods collectively unique to the style, minimal wort he- uh, heating, single-digit IBUs, low original gravity, top and lactobacillus fermentation, warm and cold conditioning, extreme attenuation, krausening. Uh, bottle conditioning, and prolonged maturation, often in stainless steel vessels. The proportion of malted wheat has dropped to 30 from 50%. Wort is boiled for a very short time or kept just below the boiling point. This serves to sanitize the wort while retaining protein protein components (laughs) critical to nutrition and metabolism of essential lactobacillus. Conventional top fermenting yeast is pitched with lactobacillus delbrookii and fermented at standard temps. After the proper attenuation is achieved, 
word is sent to conditioning tanks and kept either warm or cold, depending on the brewery, perhaps with a shot of Krausen? Yeah, Krausening and Krausen is basically what's on the very top of the um, the beer as it's fermenting to its best. It's what's kind of up there at the very top, and it's that super yeasty, very active stuff. So okay. that they're, they're dumping a little bit of that in, and that Krausen has the yeast in it, but it also still has some sugary um, wart in it. So you kind of like regen- uh, regenerate and reinvigorate the, the brew with some very active yeast that way. Hmm. Um, the conditioning beer continues to attenuate under the influence of lactobacillus and also develops its sour sharpness. It's then Krausened again and bottled and never pasteurized, encouraging metamorphosis in the bottle. Attenuation can approach 100%, leaving it extremely dry with an ABV of 27 to 3.5%. This otherwise delicate beer with a piercing and puckering edge is usually softened with fruit syrups uh, in its homeland, either the herbal green woodruff, uh, Wallmeister, or I guess it'd be Wallmeister, or red raspberry, which is a uh, him beer. Uh, are the most common. What about her beer? <laughs> it's like, uh, okay. Uh, those, uh, uh, those who have had their palates jaded by other assertive sour beers may find Berliner Weiss fine without the sweet softeners. Uh, Berliner Weiss has the legal protection of Appellation de, de, uh, de Origin Controle. What he said. No, that's not even really quite right. <laughs> uh, the same as Kolsch in uh, Koln. On this side of the pond, there are a couple of very common ones. Dogfish head, Festina Peche? Uh, Peche. Peche, okay. And the breweries, uh, Hottenroth. Hottenroth. Uh, as well as a fair number of one-offs and experimentals. As breweries learn to tame and employ the savage lactobacillus, <laughs> uh, we may see more of these in the future. Oh, yes. Chemist and, chemist and brewers standing here with... Whip and chair, just going yeah. back, back lactobacillus. That's not that far off from the truth. <laughs> Probably a lot of people trying to keep that bug out of their breweries. If if your whip and chair are sanitizers, then yeah. yes, that is that is back. definitely the thing. Back, uh, you wild beast. So if we are talking about Berliner Weiss, we're going to have to talk about the one place that actually brought it over to craft beer to begin with, and that would be home brewing. So we're going to talk a little bit about the BJCP guidelines and what they say uh, a good Berliner Weiss should possess. Um, It should be a very pale, uh, refreshing, low-alcohol German wheat beer with a clean lactic sourness and a very high carbonation level. A light bread dough malt flavor supports the sourness, which shouldn't seem artificial. Any Brettanomyces funk that is in the beer should be restrained. That means you're not getting a ton of funkiness there. Lock that shit down. <laughs> you should have a sharply sour aroma character, um, dominant, that is moderate to moderately high. Can have up to a moderately fruity character, often lemony or tart apple. The fruitiness may increase with age, and a light flowery character may actually develop. There should be no hop aroma. The wheat may be present as uncooked bread dough in fresher versions. Combined with the acidity, it may suggest actually sort of a sourdough bread aroma. Um, it may optionally have a restrained, funky Brettanomyces character in the aroma also. Should Question. Be- 
why do you respond to allegations that Berliner Weiss is a uh, is a tool for Audi and uh, Volkswagen repair? Um, you need a Berliner Weiss to extract the spark plugs off the Wiener Schnitzel. The highest city. I will. I would say this. The highest. Just throwing down. We're just throwing down M beam jokes now. As I see, like no. The highest acidity of a Berliner Weiss would probably be pretty decent in taking uh, yeah. taking like the, 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 the corrosion yeah. off of a battery, I would say. Yeah, That's so. probably true. You probably could <laughs> clean your spark plugs with a Berliner Weiss. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're looking for a clean lactic acid sourness dominating it that can actually be quite strong. Some complementary doughy, bready, and grainy wheat flavor is generally noticeable. Hop bitterness is undetectable. Sourness provides the balance rather than the hops. So you're, you're getting malty and and uh, sour that's balancing, not malty and hoppy, or, or bitter, basically. Um, it's never vinegary, which is acetobacter, um, not, the lac- excuse me, not the lactobacillus that's causing that. Um, a restraint, and I'll talk a little bit about how you prevent that here in just a few minutes. Um, a restrained citrusy, lemony, or tart apple fruitiness may be detected. Very dry finish. Balance dominated by sourness, but some malt flavor should be present. Should be present. So I, we're, we're drinking this uh, McKellar watermelon right now, and I'm not getting malt in it at all. No it's malt. just pure sour. And, and so as far as what the current iteration of Berliner Weisses has become, it's more of let's see how extremely sour we can get. And none of that malty, let's balance malty and sour together. Um, So no hop flavor may optionally have that that Britannomyces funkiness, but very restrained if it is. The mouthfeel should be light in body, very high in carbonation, but no sensation of alcohol. These are beers that um, are going to be easily drunk. And so you want them to be crisp with that acidity and you want to be able to... After we're done with your Berliner Weisser, I'm going to be very easily drunk. <laughs> yep. Easily. Um, we we talked a little bit about the history earlier, but the BJCP states that uh, a regional specialty of Berlin referred to by Napoleon's troops in 1809 as the Champagne of the North due to its lively and elegant character. At one point, it was smoked, and there used to be Marzen strength. Uh, for, oh. Yeah. Version. So fest, I believe that's what you made. Uh, probably so. Fest, <laughs> fest beer versions that are increasingly rare in German uh, areas, but uh, in some craft beer breweries now regularly produce uh, the style. Um, you're going to find wheat malt consistent typically in the 50% range of what the uh, malt bill is going to be, um, as is traditional with most all German wheat beers, with the remainder being Pilsner malt, oddly enough. So a uh, symbolic fermentation um, with, hold on, let me get it scrolled real quick here. Uh, with top fermenting yeast and lactobacillus, so we're looking at L yeast and uh, sorry, symbiotic fermentation with L yeast and lactobacillus, various strains really. Um, I know how to deal with symbiotes: loud sound and fire. <laughs> no, no Spider-Man fans. No, All right, no, no, no. sorry. Um, oh, I think you just spoiled the new uh, <laughs> the, the new movie that's coming out. Good, because no, <laughs> it's not going to be good. No, it's going to be terrible, but. Spoiler alert, the symbiotes don't like loud sounds. <laughs> um, so that lactobacillus is going to provide the sharp, sharp sourness, and the yeast is going to help ferment the alcohol portion of it, um, what you're actually kind of looking for in a, a beer, you know? Um, the combination of the alcohol and the acidities probably what helped um, sterilize it, to, for lack of, or, or clean it, 
to, for lack of a better term, because uh, you weren't really boiling these that often. Um, which may be enhanced by by blending uh, beers, so you can blend more of a sour beer um, and and something that's a little bit less, and kind of give it a little bit of age time. So, all the sourness in the traditional style happens via fermentation. So you make this beer, you boil it, do whatever, you you put in these bacteria, and then you wait a long time. Um, Compared to a lambic, it's generally not as acidic, has a clean lactic sourness with restrained to below sensory levels of funk, also lower in alcohol content. You're going to come in, and and it's going to be very low on the vital statistics. Um, You're going to find it's going to have an ABV of 2.8 to 3.8%. So wow. it's not high enough on the ABV range, really, to do a whole lot of killing. So that acidity helps it keep keep sanitary. Uh, commercial examples we talked a little bit about them, but um, Nodding Head has a Berliner Weiss, um, Hottenroth from the brewery. Um, but then there's also some some more uh, Berliner styles that um, are the Berliner Kindle Weiss. So that's going to be. Uh, probably close to that Kinder Beer low alcohol oh, versions for kids. <laughs> um, the recipe that I've got today is we'll, we'll go ahead and pour that and we'll talk a little bit about it. But um, so this is an Imperial Berliner Weiss. It's a lot bigger. So think about that when we're you, looking. You're over telling this, me it's category. not two to, to you know just over three percent. Definitely not. This is probably closer in the range of nine percent alcohol. I would guess. <laughs> Um, it's also a flavored Berliner Weiss. So we've we've had a couple um, flavored Berliner Weisses before. Um, so that is um, so traditionally you would like we were saying you would add uh, the fruit syrup, like a raspberry yep. syrup. And After the fact, it doesn't ferment out, but it adds some sweetness to that tartness. Yeah. So what what we're seeing in craft here is everybody's just going to brewing with fresh fruit in the Berliner Weisses to get the fruit flavor in because it's not really highly looked upon in American craft to be putting fruit syrups in after the fact. And you've, I mean, if you're taking this beer home, in order for them to make a beer that you would then, you would have to put a, a fruit packet, syrup yeah. packet in the beer and then be like, okay, now you got to dose this much into your beer or, or sell them. There's just not a readily available Woodruff syrup out there. Little little packets of syrup that you got to steep in your... <laughs> I, I would not actually. I wouldn't be surprised to see something like that coming through. Um, but it was interesting to note today uh, when we were looking at the store that we couldn't find any American craft examples of a Berliner Weiss. Not at this time. Usually, um, there'll be more summer varieties. So uh, the Festina Peach or Peche um, will be coming out closer to the summer, probably from Dogfish Head. But um, what what I kind of want to talk about is. This recipe, I just threw it together, literally um, literally put it into the fermenter, or into the, the, the kettles and everything without doing any recipe math beforehand. <laughs> I literally order, went and got picked up some ingredients, got home, and, and put them into a kettle. So malt comes in 10-pound bags. I put a 10-pound bag of malt in. <laughs> Um, I was like, let's just make something. I don't know what I'm going to make, but let's just put something together. Um, I knew it was going to be light and weedy, so I put in some acidulated malt 
and uh, that would bring down the my water back home. It's got a lot of carbonation or like calcium carbonate oh, yeah. in it, so it's a little bit more. I was say not not carbonation. <laughs> it's not bubbly. Yeah, that's yeah, that another issue. Yeah. Um, but because an interesting shower, because of the ooh, carbonated spas, that's a, a, an idea. Um, but because of the the water chemistry, I've got to acidify the water so that lighter beers don't taste chalky. Yeah. Um, so I put a little acidulated malt in there. It also helps speed up that process of souring because I knew with this beer specifically, I was going to do a sour mash process. And I'll talk about that here, here in just a second. And then I do not have nearly as much wheat in this beer as what they usually suggest, 50% wheat. This is only probably, I mean, it's two pounds out of 13 pounds that's wheat. And it's an unmalted wheat. It's a flake wheat, but it's it's still not that much. So what you do is you take all this and you heat it up to 150 degrees, and you put that in like you're going to do your regular mash. And in my mash tun, it's it's kind of a jacketed mash tun. It's got a an insulation around it, so it'll maintain temperature for a fairly good amount of time without um, having to do anything else to it to change the temperature. So um, put the lid on it, and I just walked away with it in there for 24 hours. And usually your mash is an hour long. You get it in, get it out. Once it had completed the first hour, I actually sprinkled an entire pack of unmilled acidulated malt on top of that. That's because acidulated malt, in order to make it acidic, they put lactobacillus bacteria on it. And that eats the malt, starches, and sugars and turns it acidic. So that's actually got a ton of lactobacillus on it. Okay. Then I put on a blanket of CO2 on top because here's the deal. You will get funky flavors if oxygen gets into that environment. You won't get the funk if there's no oxygen. It'll just start to sour it. And so over that 24 hours, it starts souring. If you tried to... Um, <laughs> you do the mash. You do, you do the, the Casey Malto, Malto mash. mash. Indeed. Um, I've got that song in my head. <laughs> so you would take this and with this low oxygen... Uh, high bacteria, very warm environment. Those bacteria multiply like crazy, and the entire mash acidifies in 24 hours instead of taking weeks to months to years by just using straight bacteria in a mash. There's a lot of stuff for them to eat, a lot of sugars. They go crazy on it immediately. Okay. Um, and the higher temperature helps them do it a lot quicker. They like those warm temperatures. <laughs> That's why when you make yogurt, you put the yogurt in a yogurt maker that keeps it up warm, or an Instapot. We were talking about that earlier. Um so you can make one of these beers in an Instant Pot, probably, uh, on the yogurt setting, and, and do it very quickly that way. Um, <laughs> make a Berliner Weiss in your Instant Pot. There you go. Absolutely. Um, so you take all these all and... All I did was make rice. It, you basically extend this process by a day. So you, whatever time you started the day before, you, the next day you come around, you taste it, you check the pH, see if it tastes sour. If it does, you're good to go. You run it off and you boil it. The reason you do this is because it sanitizes everything. Whenever I get done with Instavice, yes, <laughs> it's on. <laughs> whenever you, I'm patenting that. Um, <laughs> whenever you, <laughs> whenever you boil it, it cleans all the bacteria up, so everything's dead. You don't have to worry about infecting all of your keg lines with bacteria. You don't have to worry about infecting your kegs with bacteria. It's all clean and, and sanitary post that. So I put in just standard L yeast, the cheapest L yeast you can get, like the package of dry stuff, um, and throw that in there, let it ferment for about two or three days. 
And then, oh, well, I put citra hops. Last 15 minutes, I wanted a little fruity character. I knew that. I wanted some, the citra lemoniness kind of goes together. So I put those two together. And then after it slows down after the first day or two, I was like, okay, now let's put some strawberry flavor in there. So mm. I took two pounds of fresh strawberries and uh, boiled those, um, blended them up in a blender, then boiled them so that they were sanitary, poured that in. And so they took off. That reinvigorated the, the fermentation. Then I took a three-pound jar of strawberry preserves. So fresh strawberries don't have a huge strawberry flavor, but they give you a little strawberry nuance aroma. The strawberry preserves are picked very fresh, and they're very ripe when they do it. So you get a super strawberry flavor. And this was just basically gelatin, strawberries, and sugar in the and, recipe. And that, I, I believe that had another effect. Which, <laughs> a ton of sugar. Um, because you're melting sugar, it actually, from the, the places that I looked, it probably has more sugar per ounce, or per cup, than sugar has per <laughs> cup. So, uh, just because there's no spaces between the granules, and no airspace like you do. Um, so, ooh, perfect time of year. I'd love to be at a strawberry festival. Yeah. Um, so taking all that, it kicked off fermentation again. And I was watching my fermentation airlock, and usually it takes like a week or two and this stuff's done. I hadn't done any math. I didn't think about it whenever I was doing this. I was just like, this would taste good. Let me throw this in there. It's just bubbling away. It bubbled away for a week, and it didn't stop. And then a few more days, still wasn't stop. It was like every couple seconds, another bubble would you, come up. How, how afraid of you were, were you of infection? I was like, it's infected. That's it. Like it's, <laughs> it's like I was, I had been having issues with, um, my sanitizing solution, not being really good to clean with. And so, uh, because of the water, calcium carbonate in the water, it was uh, increasing the pH of the sanitizer. Um, so I was like, ah, it's infected again. And so I, I was really concerned about this. It was not infected. <laughs> there was just so much sugar. The yeast was having a hard time getting through it. The yeast was just like, God, stop it. I've had enough. If I had done this entire beer and fed it all that sugar right up front, the yeast would never have, have got through all of it. It would have just died. Because sugar sugar is much easier to – sucrose sugar is much easier for them to eat. And it's like they get fat and lazy. And they won't eat the malt sugar, which is very difficult to chow down on. Um, it's like sitting down for uh, a quick bite at McDonald's versus sitting down for a meal that you actually have to chew and use a knife and fork with. So that's malt and then the burgers. Do you not sugar. chew burgers from McDonald's? Uh, they go down real quick. <laughs> <laughs> you just like roll them up and just like, oh. It's close to that, yes. <laughs> Um, so if there's this feeding process to help get yeast, um, a little bit more acclimated and, and to pump out more alcohol out of them. I was unfortunately doing this. And <laughs> so I think this is coming in around 9% ABV. I'm not super sure. So we're calling this an Imperial Berliner Weiss. Yeah. It's very much in the craft beer movement. So, um, it, the color to me isn't that great. It's a soupy, like milkshake IPA kind of a row, uh, appearance mm -hmm. it's super hazy you would expect to have a slight clarity but it should still be hazy yep so in the aroma i don't get a ton of funk there's just a slight restrained funk you get that a little bit when you do the the souring like that the kettle sour but you get a lot of strawberry which i'm really happy with so M beam is wondering about white castle yeast <laughs> it's, that's essentially the the it's it, the labs is are in the labs are in White Castle. White labs are in White Castle. <laughs> yeah, that it that it, explains it all. It helps it slide down. <laughs> um, 
This has uh, in the flavor a little bit more bitterness than what I was hoping for a, a Berliner Weiss, a little bit more, um, but it still kind of balances a shade on that. Super sour, super tart. On this batch that I brought up, um, I just pulled it off the keg, and I noticed as it was coming out, there was a little bit of sediment that was pulling through the tube because it had sat for a few days. So this one, I think, has got a little bit more wheat in suspension, mm. and it's given kind of a drying tannin-like flavor okay. in the mouth. Um, the other beers that we've had that have been Berliner Weisses have been a little bit more super sour stuff. This yeah. is more of that traditional style, though, in that it's a balanced sour with the maltiness in there. Yeah, the others we've had have been missing malt completely Mm -hmm. but this would not be a style that you would get in a brewery because nine percent would normally not be (laughs) yeah their range uh that that is interesting especially when i compare it to the other berliner Mm vice that i've been drinking like i do like one then the other uh yeah because this one has a uh the the regular one i've been drinking which is uh spoiler for whatever well we'll talk about it in a bit but it's it happens to be this bomber in front of me um, it's, it's very, it is very sour. Uh, this one ha- does have more, more of a balanced to it. Mm. It's not, it's not just puckering up, uh, on my tongue. It's just like, all right, let's just, yeah, everything's nice, calm, little, little sweet. Uh, but no, I, it's, it's, it's really good. Also don't taste 9%. No. That's which the scary is, part. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah, we so, may die. <laughs> uh, I noticed the same thing, and maybe for the same reasons, a uh, local brewery that also did a raspberry Berliner Weiss where they brewed with the fruit in it. Raspberry Berliner Weiss. It cranked out extremely high in the ABV. Yeah. And it's, yeah, you drink one, and you're like, oh, I'm fine with this. So, like, yeah, I could crush a bunch of these. And then you start into the second one, and you're like, no, I'm pretty far gone. <laughs> Indeed. Kind that you find in a second-hand yep. brewery. <laughs> But yeah, so Berliner Weiss is a, definitely a style that um, can get mass appeal. Uh, it, it's I think it was like my gateway into doing more sours, mm-hmm. and uh, I think they're up and coming. They are they're coming back. They're on the mend. I mean, as with most beers, it's a wheat beer that is serving as an entry level. Um, you get into craft beer usually through a wheat of some sort. That's true. Uh, when it's not a craft beer, but when we uh, there. Early in my, my drinking career, me and uh, Matt were up in Cincinnati and found like a Huda Pole wheat something. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I was yeah. like, it's like, oh, wow, that, that went down real well. Speaking so, of Huda Pole, uh, Boston Beer brought that brought that back back mm-hmm. to life because that's where Jim's father, mm-hmm. uh, Jim Cook, that's where his father used to work. Yep. All right. So let's get into what we're drinking. Uh, your stuff. <laughs> Other than that. Drink with me, friend. Brittany, what are you drinking? Um, now, you've got, you cracked something, you've like held your can up to the mic and got that satisfying. I didn't really mean to, though. Uh, no, After just, you hit the light and it started so, rocking I, Yeah, I don't know what I did there. Um, I, I'm just drinking the Dasani Sparkling Strawberry Guava, um, which, because, you know, strawberry theme, I figured, let's just stick with it. Uh, You're just missing the wheat. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I did try some of the um, sarsaparilla. Is that what you mm, mm-hmm. It's a uh, it's strong. Casey's taken to brewing more than just beer. It's strong. Um. It's the ABV on Dasani. <laughs> <laughs> super super sweet strong. I don't even know. It's like it's a it's like root beer on steroids. Oh, gotcha. Yes, <laughs> I believe yes, the ABV indeed. on the Dasani is uh, 
100, Probably. 100%. 0.001. Yeah. Or 100% water. But Dasani was on sale, and therefore I got that one. And I didn't even think about the strawberry theme because it, that we unintentionally kind of did today. Hold on. Casey is giving yeah. me an experiment. As long as I'm Preggers McGee, I uh, don't get to do the whole drinky thing. You get a fine handcrafted sarsaparilla. Yeah. That is strange. Uh, it's a much well, more pleasurable drink, I believe, once it, you it, add it, a little water to it. Yeah, it goes down. Perhaps you've added too much water because it doesn't have a lot of the, the extra tartness that was kind of looking for but it does make it that's about right yeah it does make it it does make it drink a lot easier uh, uh take a little little like do like a 50 50 split with the water on the blender because that'll bring it back down to normal <laughs> normal alcohol. alcohol yeah well what did justin what did you start the show with uh i started the show still have a little bit here of uh the the disco berliner Vi- uh, berliner style vice beer from uh three floyds mm. uh yeah, they uh, they have on here on the the bottle. This is not a normal a normal Berliner style vice. Uh, this is not normal. Berliner style vice is a tart and refreshing liquid, uh, a liquid homage to Euro culture. With uh, I'm not sure, but it looks like David Bowie. Yeah, uh, riding a tank. You might be right on that one. Uh, like David Bowie in his fascist face. <laughs> that was a thing. But yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's it's a bit more of an extreme sour as I was mentioning a minute ago. Um, But it's it's pretty nice. Uh, I did you need any of you guys get a chance to uh, grab a little bit of this? Yeah, I got some. The first thing I had. Okay, I didn't grab any of the McKellar because I still had so much of this. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's it's real it's real good. like three Floyds likes to play around with a lot of stuff too, so I never know what I'm going to get when I grab them. Indeed. Uh, so this was uh, this was this was a pleasant surprise. Uh, it's a it's it's again very tart uh, and not cloying, but uh, it it hangs around. Hmm. Uh, not like in the sense that like. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's part of that too. Let me take another quick drink, and we'll move. <laughs> Comes in at six point five ABV and four IBUs, by the way. Oh, finally, okay, because it doesn't have ABVs on the bottle anywhere. We didn't think that was allowed, but okay. <laughs> um, it does have, uh, and I think this might just be kind of of the style where it's sour and it's got some of that that sugar breakdown stuff. It's uh, that that weird. Uh, what's the way to describe it? Yeah, feel it in, like, the top of your throat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, like, lemonade gives it to you. Yeah, and, like that. Yeah. <laughs> phlegm of sorts. Yeah, some kind of extra phlegm, which I totally need right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, through this episode alone, you've become more phlegmy as we've tasted. I need to go to the bathroom to blow my nose. <laughs> <laughs> All but, right. Yeah. And then, uh, Chris, you want to talk about the other one? Sure. Uh, I just had to pull it up and was astounded at the number <laughs> of variants off of this. Really? Any fruit you can think of, <laughs> they they do one. So In the store, we saw probably f- six or seven. Yeah. So, me and Casey are drinking a Hallo Ich bin Berliner Weiss. This is the watermelon uh, brewed by Mikeller. Just straight kiwi Berliner Weiss. You could find it. Oh. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> is a watermelon 
Berliner Weiss. We both uh, were intrigued. <laughs> it's right behind the, me. Yeah. <laughs> the Kiwi one from Braxton from their one-year anniversary. So this comes in at 3.7% ABV and no IBUs. <laughs> Grape Weiss. Um, so here's... I. But it was super tart. There's like no wheat, no mm. malt. It is all sour. Um, the watermelon to me didn't come through, and I figured out why. I was expecting these actually to be flavored with watermelon flavoring. Watermelon rind? It is just straight watermelon, watermelon? and it's 2% of the beer is all that's in there. Oh. So there's not a lot in there. Okay. Um, and so it's literally just uh, malt, yeast, hops, and uh, wheat, and watermelon. Watermelon gets so tricky as a flavor. Yeah. Um, does anybody need, want watermelon right now? You would need some kind the of only um, the one, only one that I found that I liked uh, of the of the few watermelon flavored beers that I had was uh, the Heller High Watermelon from Twenty First mm. Amendment. And mm. I mean, I, I thought I think they use artificial watermelon, but I've also heard their head brewer talk about packing in tons of watermelon to throw in the brewery. Or throw in the brew kettle. So they probably just use a bunch more. Maybe I don't know. But like, it's also not a sour. It's a it's a wheat. Yeah. So so if you're wondering about different styles on this that come up on Untapped, uh, you have the raspberry, you have uh, the peach, you have passion fruit, you have cherry, blueberries, blueberries. Ooh. I think we saw most of those there. Uh, mango. mango, apricot, pineapple. Uh, then we also have. There's like some kind of mixers versions of it that they've done. Called Ich bin, I don't Ich bin Mikeller. Yeah. So is it just a straight Berliner Weiss maybe? Maybe, yeah. and then you can add your own syrup to it. Probably. Yeah, they got oh. two that may be the best like way that. to go. Uh, then there's the watermelon. So and then yeah, apparently they've done a whole bunch of draft only ones like coffee and Oregon cherry. Wow. <laughs> Raspberry Ooh. and coffee. <laughs> yeah. I love about coffee. Sour coffee. That's one, one thing. Sounds interesting though. I have not gotten behind is uh, sour coffee beers because oh, I've had God. a couple of them and I almost vomited. It's like something's wrong with the coffee. I don't <laughs> it doesn't yeah. taste like coffee. I'll go ahead and tell you that. Once coffee's sour, it's not coffee anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the, the blueberry one sounds interesting because I don't think I've ever had a blueberry tart beer. Oh, I thought you had a blueberry tart. I was like. <laughs> Man, I want a blueberry tart right now. Oh yeah, I know. But well, the blueberry pie from Urban Artifact, the local brewery, that's the mm. only one. But like I, a, Berler, a blueberry Berliner Weiss, I've never had. Well, they that's had for sure. this in the blueberry. Hmm. That'd be interesting. Hmm. You've got uh, about eight months before you can try it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> be there waiting on you. I, I looked it up. Also, uh, the Heller High Watermelon is 100% flavored with watermelon puree. Pure. Oh, no. more flavor that way. Yep, so they went with, with puree on that one. Okay. That's smart. Well. Indeed. Uh, um, so uh, it was, there was something I was wanting to comment about these before we left. Um, damn tasty. Damn. <laughs> damn. I like, I mean, I like Berliner Weiss as a style. If you can do the just the standard Weiss and then get the syrups... The raspberry syrup and the woodruff syrup—that's the way to go. I've got that's... the name of a, got the name of that Berliner Weiss. Oh. Damn fine strawberry <laughs> Berliner Weiss. DF. Okay, and beam fine. that hurts. That actually hurts. In Canada, it's pure, eh? Yeah. Pure, 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 eh? 
Oh, all right, then. <laughs> on that on note, that note <laughs> we're going to let you know that you can visit us at haveadrinkshow.com for useful links and info about the show and us, even, if you're into that sort of thing. Um, also, look for Have a Drink Show on social media and twitch.tv. All right, and don't forget, you can tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. You can use the email address, feedback at haveadrinkshow.com. Or you can use the feedback page on the website. You can also send us messages on Facebook, DM us on Twitter, shout real loud. <laughs> as long you as you're in the greater area here. Yep, Come all on. joking and fun aside, guys, I'd like to remind everyone, please drink responsibly. Yes. Uh, I kind of have to uh, Anyway, <laughs> uh, so check us out next Saturday for our next live episode. And remember to check out patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. Uh, once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. We shall see you next time. Bye. Bye, guys. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs>